0: <laughs> Good morning and Hachu Hapinki to those who know. <laughs> this is episode three of Zick and Wick, and we're talking about the third episode of The Mandalorian. The episode was like roughly 30 minutes without trailers, recaps, or credits. They are sticking to a brief show. I'm liking it. We can get into the reasons why I like it at 30 minutes later on but i know you said you'd rather see up to 60 minutes is it still bugging you that it's a short show um
1: i i don't need 60 minutes i think 60 minutes is too much i think like the basically the standard um 60 minute with to with commercial breaks is somewhere in the 42 to 45 minute range would be perfect but i'm good with this i mean the show moves along there's i mean you never get bored during it so i can't complain about
0: that in uh, other news this week some outlets put out that there will be actual baby yoda toys that come out this week um have you actually seen any of the merch anything i just heard mention of it i want to know what to buy yeah
1: they haven't uh, they i haven't seen anything i mean i've been on my normal websites and i haven't seen any pictures just the note that they're planning on releasing it they were really just holding it back to keep any spoilers out of the out from anybody so i mean they did a good job nobody uh, nobody that i knew of heard about it before they saw the first episode so they did exactly what they intended to do
0: yeah i'm i'm curious what type of stuff they actually make because if it's just like a stuffed animal i mean that's cool whatever but i want to see some interesting stuff maybe there's i want to see a carriage i want to see one of those carriages oh yeah i want some toys and i want some some crazy funko pops
1: yeah I'm 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 pretty sure you can guarantee a Funko
0: Pop. If that doesn't happen, then I would bet a million dollars on that. Yes, they, they do well. So let's not assess the episode until the very end. Okay. And I'll do a quick rundown. But first, have you evacuated yet today? <laughs> I have not evacuated yet. I it's early morning here in Los Angeles. I'm going to evacuate as soon as I record this episode. I haven't had any coffee yet. Have you evacuated? I have, so we'd better keep it to 20 minutes or less for you, then. Okay. No, the, I should probably drink a coffee, but um, we'll, we'll save that for after the show. All right, quick quick rundown. Uh, we begin in space. It looks like Mandy is heading off to another planet. Turns out that that planet is the original planet where he gets the bounty for Baby Yoda. Do, do we have any names for these these planets?
1: Uh I haven't seen one I actually I don't think I've seen a name for any planet yet at least not in the episodes there may be something in the like the marketing material that came out but I haven't seen anything or I or heard a reference yet
0: Okay what I want to know is the Jawas I thought initially they were only on Tatooine but it sounds like they're all over
1: yeah, um, it it sounds like they're yeah they're kind of ex- they're kind of spreading where the Jawas are. We still don't know if that planet they were on. They, I mean, it very well could have been Tatooine. We just don't we don't know yet. Okay,
0: well uh, they're intentionally withholding the names of planets. I don't know if that's a thematic thing or if they're trying to uh, make a big reveal later on, but it's an intentional choice, that's for sure. Yeah, I. I I've got to believe there's – maybe
1: not every planet there's a reason, but I, I'm betting there's some reason for at least some of the planets that they're doing it.
0: All right. Um, in route to this planet, they show Baby Yoda doing very cute stuff in the spaceship. This is going to be very important later on in the episode, but it definitely cues up some feelings towards Baby Yoda and uh, foreshadows a decision to be made later on. <laughs> Did you notice his ears flopping in the wind? Yeah, I thought that
1: when the spaceships were were uh, firing their engine, that's off. That was that was good. I think they've done pretty good with Baby Yoda so far.
0: I know they're really getting you to say, on oh, how cute!" Every every 30 seconds or so. All right, so uh, Mandy takes Baby Yoda up to uh, Herzog to get the bounty. Um, I did not think initially that. Mandy was going to bring Baby Yoda. I thought he was just going to escape to another planet or maybe show up on the on the planet and then leave, but I should have known he was going to bring Baby Yoda in. When he brings Baby Yoda in, Herzog has some sort of device to measure Baby Yoda. What do you think he's measuring?
1: Uh, you're talking about the doctor that that way well, uh,
0: did the scan on him. There was a scan that the doctor did for health reasons, and that but but Warner Herzog, he waves a wand over Baby yeah. Yoda as well. It's, no, that it's was really just, excited.
1: That was just the um, the tracker device. I think that just confirmed that that was the actual target
0: because that's oh. the same
1: tracker fob that all the other all the other uh, bounty hunters had. So I really think it just gets linked to somebody's i don't know dna something that's inside somebody and i think that's how that's what helps them track it so as he's bringing it closer to yoda starts beeping faster and that confirms to him that
0: this is the this is the actual target all right so we've we've discussed that does herzog's character have a name
1: i feel like i saw it once just in the in uh, like promo material the only thing I've ever seen him referred to as recently is the client. Like any interview that came out this week, like they had the, they had the red carpet thing that they did this week for uh, episodes one through three. The every like every caption called him the client.
0: So I will refer to him as the client henceforth. OK, so Mandy is getting paid in Bezcar. Is that a currency you were familiar with prior to this show?
1: So it's not really a currency. It's more like, uh, yeah, well, yes, um, they do. They do talk about it in the Clone Wars. They talk. I don't think they talk about it in Rebels, but it's this. It's this me- metal from Mandalore that they use for their armor. And the big thing with it, the big value in it, is that it is it neutralizes lightsabers. Um, so it really, it, they can fight a Jedi and get hit with a lightsaber, and it won't cut their arm off or anything like that. So it's really like. It's almost like gold or platinum at this point it's a commodity but that's that's its main value
0: okay that makes a lot more sense i didn't realize how uh, valuable it was and why they kept breaking it down into armor until that later on in the in the episode that was pretty smart of them they actually showed someone scratching a knife off of the armor and also there's a battle later on in the episode and the, the blasters seemingly bounce off of, his, of the armor right okay so mandy t- takes the bounty all the bezkar and heads off meets up with the other mandalorian that we've seen so far in the episode the lady mandalorian with the fur on her back and gives her all the bezkar in the discussion we find out that there are a lot of hidden Mandalorian on this planet as well, and this is as a result of the purge. Is this the purge? Is that the ref, a reference to some war that the Mandalorians had with the Imperials?
1: So yes, we don't we don't know about that yet, but that's our best guess. Is that sometime in the time between. Uh, Clone Wars, which is the last time we really see Mandalore as a planet, and between the beginning of the or between, uh, we'll just say Episode Four, um, something happens. It's almost almost like the Jedi purge, but it's more like the Mandalorian purge, where the Empire goes and just wrecks the
0: planet. So we haven't found, we we don't know about that yet. Okay, so that's good. I'm confused. A lot of the times when I'm watching the episode. I'm trying to think, oh, is this something that I don't understand as, as a person who hasn't seen all the Star Wars we TV shows and read all the books? Yeah,
1: we we do get a glimpse of Mandalore in um, Rebels, which is just a year or two before Episode four. And it's been they never showed the big cities or anything like that. But they do show some kind of devastated wasteland that we assume used to be some kind of culture and they're not anymore so it could have it it could have happened before rebels Um, we're not but we're not really sure yet exactly the details on it
0: okay so in rebels there
1: are mandalorians yes yeah especially they hit them hard in the final season because sabine wren one of the main characters she's a mandalorian they go i mean they go to mandalore they they see the different houses the different tribes of uh mandalorian culture some of the some of the Mandalorians have already teamed up with the Empire. Um, they've kind of taken sides on that. But that's really all we get to see. We don't. I don't even think they ever reference the Purge in, in Rebels.
0: Is there a name for this Mandalorian, the female Mandalorian, that's doing the, the breaking down of the gear? Um, we haven't. Uh, I don't think we've heard a name. Um, I don't.
1: Man, they just. I, I was watching the red carpet. And I don't think they gave. They interviewed the actress who's underneath the suit um, and does the speaking. But I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head it, what her name was. Is it Carrie Coon? Oh, I don't remember what her name was. I just remember seeing her real quick on the on the red carpet. I should have wrote it down, but I didn't. Okay,
0: well, I'm going to start referring to her as the blacksmith. Yeah, that's probably as good. good a name as any. So there's a bit of exposition. This scene is full of large chunks of, of information delivered via dialogue. And so we find out that there's Mandalorians on the planet We find out that Mandalorians don't like Mandy because he works with the Imperials, or at least fraternizes with them. There's a bit of a contention between the two groups. We don't know whether or not any of these Mandalorians have been outside on the street, if if anyone's seen them, or how they even got to this planet. So that's one, one big question for the episode and the series that we'll need to figure out and we'll find out through through plot going forward
1: It, it very well could be that this planet is mandalore that could be one of the reasons they're hiding the name or at least one of the mandalorian systems that they used to inhabit
0: okay hmm they do hit hard uh the the rule that they're not allowed to remove their helmets i think that's is that just to protect their identity I
1: believe so. Yeah, they haven't really said it. Because again, they didn't have that rule in the older episodes. There was plenty of Mandalorians walking around without helmets on. But it seems like since the Purge, they've kind of changed their ways to help protect their, their people. This is the way. This um, is the way.
0: So th- another question is, can they remove their helmets in the presence of another Mandalorian? Or is it just with outsiders? Because they don't seem to be taking their helmets off at all.
1: Yeah, it seems like seems to me that it's it's for everybody. It's Mandalorians and non-Mandalorians, and who knows if they, I mean, they've got to brush their teeth and eat and wash (laughs) their face every once in a while. So maybe maybe the only time is when
0: they're alone by themselves. Okay, so in this meeting, the blacksmith uh, makes some new armor for Mandy. In the the sequence of her making the the armor, there's a bit of a flashback and um, more cut scenes where they show Mandy's backstory. Um, it seems like they show Mandy's parents trying to escape um, what seems to be like a battle or a war, and they go and they hide Mandy, and the parents are subsequently killed. I'm guessing. Am I reading this wrong, or is that what you assessed as well?
1: Yeah, no. So this, uh, to me, this is happening during the Clone Wars. This is, um, um, this is, because uh, they very clearly show show battle droid, which was really cool looking to me. I mean, if just imagine if they could have had Episode one through three with that kind of technology of how those guys looked in those, uh, just those couple little cutscenes. It was, it was pretty cool looking. But that's, I mean. That's obviously what what it is it's some some kind of attack happening on his planet during the Clone wars, um, and we gotta assume his parents were killed. Uh, my question is I mean the last part of that flashback is they show the battle droid opening the container where he's uh where he's hiding with a with a laser with a uh blaster pointed at him. What happens right after that that's uh that'll be interesting to find out.
0: So in the prior episode in episode 1 where there is another armor building montage and they they have the flashback to Mandy is I don't remember do, are they showing him getting rescued or is it the same parents putting him or into um, you know the the vessel like you know, what happens in-
1: Yeah it was the same clip it shows them putting him into the 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 underground bunker the vessel whatever it is but they don't show any battle droids they don't show what happens at the um if who's if anybody saves them it's really just it was a shortened version of what of the footage they showed in this episode
0: okay so no no new information
1: well just that it it confirmed to me that it was because we we didn't know if it did happen during the clone wars it could have been the empire now we know when it happened
0: okay okay Uh, a lot of strong Luke and Ray type uh, backstory. You know, a lot of parallels between all these characters. All right. Next up, um, the blacksmith makes some, a weapon, almost like some ammo called whistling birds or whistling sparrows. Did you catch that? Yep. Whistling birds is what it was. Whistling birds. Um, right away, you know, something cool is going to happen with them later on. They, they go into the end of the, I think it's either a spear or his gun, um, and we, they get they get hidden away. After that, uh, Mandy shows up to the bar with some new fresh gear. He's all shiny. Um, it turns out he meets up with Apollo Creed, and they uh, have a little bit of a discussion. It seems like a, Apollo Creed got a cut of the best car. That's what it looked like. Okay, he want Mandy wants a new job. He's very uh He seems like he 's trying to hide his emotions about losing baby Yoda by just going back to work right away um,
1: yep that's uh yeah he's just he 's regretting his decision already, and this is his way to keep his mind off that decision is what it seems like
0: okay and there 's reference to Mandy being a little bit of uh you know in conflict about working with the Imperials and he talks about reporting the Imperials or going after the Imperials, and Apollo says something about the New Republic and the New Republic being able to uh, investigate the Imperials. I don't have much insight on the New Republic. Is this something that is a, a new government that's set up immediately after the fall of the Empire? Yes, so really the the first time it gets referenced pretty
1: hard is in the uh, the Aftermath Trilogy, it's a trilogy of books that was set um, from the time after Return of the Jedi to about a year after, which was the Battle of Jakku, which was the final kind of fall of the Empire before they disappeared. Um, that's when they're establishing the New Republic. Um, they also reference it in, um, there's a book called Bloodline, which is probably 20, 20 25 years after episode six, um, where the New Republic's been fully established. Um it's basically taking the place of, if you go back to episodes one through three, the Republic and that, where they had all the senators from different systems and all that. It's kind of basically they're trying to reform that um, um, after the Empire is gone. So, But it's in its infancy at this point, and so it's, it's only five years. So that's why he kind of laughs it off and says nobody, th- those guys don't have any power. They're not taking them seriously.
0: Okay, so clearly Apollo doesn't have any interest in, you know, any sentimental interest in Baby Yoda or any other target. He just sees them as an asset to exchange. They're very much about the, the bounty hunter code. So Correct. Yep. Ma- Mandy leaves off. Uh, he can tell he feels very conflicted and regret. He gets back in his ship. And before he takes off, he sees a little throttle stick that Baby Yoda was messing with earlier in the episode. And he's having some more regret. Um, Mandy gets his gun and he starts heading back towards the client's hideout. Uh, we'll skip through, but basically, Mandy uh, breaks into the hideout, fights off the Imperials, and uh, finds the. Hold on a second. Right, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So, Mandy starts spying on the client's hideout in that spying sequence we can hear them talking about the doctor say something about extracting material um, and that bring they can bring it back alive if they choose to but I clearly heard them say something about extracting material and I don't know if there's something within baby Yoda that is of value but I find it strange that they're going to try and pull something out of baby Yoda, something physical. Did you catch I mean, that?
1: Yeah, I did. And the first thing that went to my mind is they're trying to either get a blood sample or some. I mean, maybe there's maybe there's more to that, but they're trying to basically extract, uh, extract the force, extract the chlorians, extract whatever you will, Um And I mean, the first thought that went to my mind is this is what they're going to use to help them clone uh, or bring the emperor back to life. That's uh, that was the first thought that went to my
0: mind. Yeah, I wasn't sure myself. At some point I heard uh, either Favreau or somebody else that's working on the show mention that they're going to address Medichlorians in some form or another. Maybe this is their way of putting the kibosh to metaclorians, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I guess we're, but, we will find out.
0: All right. So Mandy breaks into the hideout. There is a battle. His battle armor seems to be working very well. He is not injured by any of the of the shots. He rescues Baby Yoda and they escape. In in that escape, he gets cornered by a handful of of stormtroopers, and we get to see him use the whisp- whistling whistling birds. Was it whistling or whispering?
1: Whist- whistling like.
0: There you go. Oh, so almost like a callback to um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is what I was thinking of when it happened.
1: That is exactly so, what I this,
0: thought. But yes, it's see, I. As soon as it happened, I was thinking of the little flying needle that um, Yondu that Yondu has in Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. Immediately after this, all the beacons are going off. The, the bounty hunters are notified that Baby Yoda has escaped and their bounty is back in effect and they're all coming after the Mandalorian. Well, I think it's a
1: new bounty. They're, I think the
0: bounty's on the Mandalorian now. Oh, good good point. It could be on the Mandalorian or it could be on the baby. It could be on both of them. Yep. But point is, they all show up in the streets and they're trying to capture or kill the Mandalorian and recover the asset. There's a big... Back and forth between him and Apollo. Apollo clearly abides by the bounty hunter's code. The Mandalorian is breaking that code. He's like, screw this. He has a choice to make. And it's whether or not he wants to live by the code of the Mandalorians, which is a little bit unclear. But it seems like there's a lot more honor is the is the main principle. Or the code of the bounty hunters, which is basically don't Injure or steal from other bounty hunters. Um, Mandalorian escapes. He jumps into a speeder. The speeder is piloted by a droid. And if you recall in prior episodes, the Mandalorian does not like droids. So this was a big deal for him to jump into a speeder that was piloted by a droid.
1: Well, we also we also find out the, the reason Mandalorian like.
0: uses his gun to disintegrate a bunch of people. So say that again.
1: Oh, we found out the re- one of the big reasons he doesn't like droids is because of the that flashback where the droids are basically destroying his city and getting ready to kill him. So
0: Good kinda... point. I did not put that together. So he doesn't like droids. The droids killed his family and probably tore down his city. And now he's letting a droid help him escape. Um so I'm rooting for the Mandalorian, but he he is killing a lot of people. He's <laughs> blowing up a lot of folks. It's not like he's holding back at all this guy may be our hero but he is uh, he's kind of an anti-hero i think i like it um i think the show is actually going to address it later on he's not he's not purely honorable one way or the other but it's something that we need to watch out for
1: i'm feeling that um he's he's probably been all about the mandalorian code all the time where even if you go back to the older the older reference material, it's all even though they've got a little bit different rules now, it's all about honor um, it's all about tradition he's following that, but with this, really the reason he joined the Bounty Hunters Guild is he saw it as a means to help his fellow Mandalorians it was just probably the since they're kind of living in the living in the shadows, living in the sewers, as they say um, this is the easiest way for him to go
0: about helping his fellow mandalorians out is by being a bounty hunter. Makes sense. Makes sense. So the mandalorian escapes and he and he makes his way back to his ship and is confronted by Apollo. I hate calling him that, but I don't have his name. Do you know it's, his name? Yep, it's a Grief Karga. Oh, all this time I've been saying Apollo. Okay. I, I thought it you was funny. I feel like a jerk. I, I thought it was funny that way. You could have called him Chubs too. <laughs> Chubs? Yeah, oh, from, wait, he's had he put on some weight.
1: No, from Happy Gilmore.
0: Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, I'm going to call him Grief from now on. So Grief Grief finds Mandy entering his ship and uh, they have a bit of an altercation. He mentions that he does not care for code breakers. Mandalorian escapes. He, he hides in some, some mist and uh, shoots Grief and takes off in the ship. Turns out that Reef had some Beskar in his in his jacket pocket, and the Veskar shields him from death. Uh, as Mandy is escaping, he sees another flying Mandalorian and uh, salute him. The, the jetpacks uh-huh. is that per- does, do all the Mandalorians have that? Is this very commonplace? It's not all of them have it, but it is a very commonplace
1: thing. They almost like um, in the older older material they get there. There's basically Mandalorian jet troopers, but they also get they're awarded this at certain times. But they, yeah, there's plenty of examples of Mandalorians having jetpacks.
0: Okay, so for some reason our Mandy does not have a jetpack, and he seems kind of jealous about it. I don't know if this is because he is not a trueborn or uh there's some other reason but he does not have a jetpack for some reason
1: i just i just don't think he's earned it yet i don't think he's gotten it if i had to guess he's going to get one eventually
0: okay so what there's got to be some significance as to why he's able to break off and not hide out with the other mandalorians while the other ones are remain in in hiding
1: That's a good question. Um, Yeah, because obviously, I mean, we see that they can, a lot of them can hold their own. Maybe they want to keep their numbers out in general population low. So they uh, actually, now that we're, now that I'm kind of thinking about it, I don't think he left the Mandalorians to join the guild. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was assigned by the Mandalorians to join the guild.
0: Oh, okay. Good point. All right. So Mandy escapes with Baby Yoda and they head off to a new planet curious where they're going to go um whether it's going to be mandalore or whether it's going to be a planet where well baby yoda is from I, i'm curious where they're going to go off to
1: Yeah, I could i mean they did mention that um he did get that one bounty at the very end um that's probably off the table now after what he's done but there's a potential he could go there
0: but yeah we really don't know where he's off to so in general, I think the episode uh, was good. It gave us a lot of backstory and explanation and set up some new questions for the future. You know, it it's a little predictable, which is it is fine. I find it to be enjoyable. It's a little bit of it's a dumb TV in a sense. I, I know that sounds harsh, but like it's and this ties into the whole uh, it's a, it's thirty minutes long, it's very brief. But because it's it's not complicated, I can watch it a few times over or it gets through the plot pretty quickly so I'm not really bothered by the lack of complexity. In fact it's a little bit refreshing to watch a show that has a little bit of intrigue, a little bit of mystery but is not overly complicated.
1: That makes a lot of sense uh, to me this was this actually was my favorite episode so far. this was the most I've been I felt. I was gripped by the episode the entire time. I was just, I was into the story. Um, I really liked the action was really good. It was a little low on the normal star Wars comedy, which was fine because it was, it was mainly action. I liked the whole, this the, all the almost like spy drama scene when he's uh when he's infiltrating the, the client's base. There's just, this had a lot of stuff that I liked um, that uh, uh, yeah, I just re- I was really into this episode. And I think it answered a couple... It, it posed some questions, but it also answered a few things. Barry talked about the battle droid um, scenario. That's why he doesn't like droids. It gave a little more history on him. One thing I did catch, and I was curious why uh, why he used these words, when he's discussing with the, the blacksmith, the scene that took place where Baby Yoda saved him with the Force, Call, he called Baby Yoda an enemy that didn't know he was his enemy. I was... Very curious why he chose those words, and if that'll pop up again at all.
0: Yeah, I I wondered if it was something in relation to their code. If you're not a Mandalorian, you're just an enemy, or maybe if you're a bounty, you're immediately an enemy. But yeah, that choice of words, I I did. It was very intentional. I wonder what the reason was for it. Yeah,
1: other couple little things that I caught. so they didn't really show it in the last episode, but you're, or they didn't show it well in the last episode, but you remember the blade he used to kill the mudhorn in the last episode?
0: Yes. They yes. Actually did I it. guess he and the other Mandalorians all have
1: the yeah, same blade so,
0: or it's just the two guys?
1: No, so those are called vibroblades. Those are like a very big thing in Star Wars. It's kind of like a step below a lightsaber. Um you could see the graphics when it, in this episode you can see the graphics where they kind of show it almost kind of like Breaking phase, like going in and out of phase, so it's it's more it's a more powerful weapon than the just st- standard knife or dagger. So I think that's that answers a little bit why he was able to kill the mudhorn so easily with it in the last episode.
0: Okay, yeah, I I didn't think that was going to be explained, but I'm glad they did do it. Um, and maybe we need to be giving the the creators a little bit more <laughs> credit for their decisions
1: they didn't say what it was. They didn't say it was a vibroblade, blade, but I really, that might be the first time in star Wars live action that we've seen one, which was kind of cool. It was cu- cool for anybody who knew what they were and knew what to look for.
0: Because all the other stuff is Canon. I think we might be seeing more of the interconnectedness of, of stuff that's shown up in clone wars and rebels in other Disney plus shows, maybe even a little bit of a hint to it in, in the, in the movies. But, you know, this makes me think that a lot of the stuff that we've seen in the in the cartoons will be popping up again in in the live action shows.
1: Oh, yeah. I I mean, they started it with Rogue One, where they started bringing in some mentions from Rebels. They haven't really done it in the main movies yet. Who knows? They may do it with nine. I kind of think the the movies kind of they kind of do their own thing and then everything everybody else just plays off the movies. With Dave Filoni heavily involved with this one, it's going to there's going to be so many references and callbacks and connections to all the material, books, movies, comics, everything.
0: Okay, and the only other note that I have is they clearly will be taking the Mandalorian's mask off at some point in the future. I don't know if there's any super crazy mystery to it now. I think it's just going to be thematically important that he takes off the mask and it's going to be crucial to his relationship to somebody, his relationships to baby Yoda, his relationship to some, an ally that meets up with him later on, but it's clearly, it's clearly going to happen and it's going to be very meaningful.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. It's They're setting it up. So there's a, that there's going to be some reason why why there's that rule and why uh, why it's so important. Uh, really, the only other two things that I, that I noted when I was watching the episode was, did you... I'm not 100% sure about this, but do you think that... You remember the big Mandalorian that he got in the fight with in front of the blacksmith? Yes. Was that... I, I kind of think that was Jon Favreau. I'm not positive on that one, but I, I got
0: a feeling that's who that was. Uh. <laughs> it could be it could be i know john favreau is a, a bigger guy um he may not have done the 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 fight scenes but it's entirely possible yeah and his voice was like he changed
1: he, he obviously did a voice for it but it was i could hear the hints of his voice in it so i'm, I'm kind of thinking that was john favreau i'm not positive but that was my I guess. And then the other thing, the other thing I've got is uh, I'm curious to see if this now starts a Mandalorian uh, bounty hunter guild war. Is there going to be something like that go on? Because obviously they've now been in a pretty big battle with a bunch of them involved. Is this going to be an ongoing theme throughout the uh, throughout the rest of the show? Is Is this going to be an actual war that starts because of this?
0: Has there been any reference to Boba Fett or Jango Fett? in in the show yet
1: there hasn't but um i actually went i'm i'm glad you mentioned that i did see um just some youtube video um that they were talking about that and there was actually a, t- a reference where george lucas said they're not mandalorians they basically stole that armor and they're bounty hunters is all they are
0: okay so they were never actually mandalorians
1: yeah they everybody thinks they well, that's are
0: good because they they the, never reference Either of those guys, it may be a little bit of hand waving or like, oh, we're not going to address this or them. Uh, but it could also mean, you know, that, that there was some significance to them stealing the armor. And I and
1: I don't I really wouldn't be surprised. Uh, George Lucas in past interviews has always been very wishy washy if um, Boba Fett is actually dead or not. So I re- and there's even a reference to somebody using his armor in one of the one of the aftermath books. So I really wouldn't be surprised if he if he makes a comeback.
0: OK, well, you know, we're in the same uh, general timeline. It wouldn't surprise me if he does show up at this point. Maybe they'll get the the what's the actor's name? I don't know the name of the actor, the actor who played um, Jango Fett to. So Boba Fett is Jango Fett's son.
1: Yes. Yeah, he, he's a clone of Jango Fett, but they didn't—they um, didn't put the advanced aging or the, the rapid aging whatever serum in him, so he just uh, he aged like a normal person. Okay. So that's, a, that's the reason you don't really see any clones around once you get to episodes four, five, and six because they had that rapid aging; they're all dead because um, they've all. I think they they age like four to four or five times faster
0: than normal humans. Mm. It, so the, one of the things I've noticed um, the stark difference between things created by or you know helmed by George Lucas they tend to be a lot more technical and in the details. The earlier Star Wars movies and even the the the, the most recent movies. They're very light on, you know, the details of how the world works and is mainly focused on stories. So it's funny to hear, like, the contrast between what we see in the books, what we see George Lucas or hear George Lucas explain, and even in some of the the TV shows, how much more detail there is and then how much detail they try to avoid in in the movies. Yeah, the
1: movies are tough because you're trying to. I mean, you're trying to get as many people into the box office as possible, so you almost want to keep it as simple and popcorn fun as possible. Um, you don't. It's definitely a low percentage of the people going to see the movies that have watched all the shows, watched or read all the books, read all the comics. Uh, yeah, it's nice to put Easter eggs in for them, but that's really.
0: <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Very smart. Um, but it allows for a lot more depth when we're watching a TV show so that's good all right Zach I've got nothing else. Um, I'm gonna get myself some some coffee and some sukasuka suka and suka, suka. probably make mm-hmm. an evacuation of my own all right I already had my sukasuka suka today <laughs> um, and just right, uh, and
1: just for everybody to know we will be doing we normally, Record this Friday mornings. Um, we will be recording it next week on Saturday morning, and that's because we will both be travel or I'll be traveling traveling on Friday, coming back from Texas. But Chad and I will be recording live from our tailgate at the uh, at the University of Florida campus uh, next Saturday, uh, probably with Coors Light in hand. So it might be a little more of an interesting podcast.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. I am looking forward to it. All right. Well this is this is Chad and Zach signing off. We hope to see you guys next week. All right, see you guys later.